1: This is the Hockey News Podcast.
0: Hey everybody, the Hockey News Podcast is here. It's Matt Larkin to my left, Ryan Kennedy. To my right, Ken Campbell, and his vavavoom Coke Can. And it's time for our trade deadline preview podcast. And I, I feel like before we dive into this, I need to give an immediate disclaimer. That if you're listening to this in a couple days after we've recorded it, it's, it's entirely possible some of these guys have being traded. So don't get upset. Just be happy that we were right for talking about these guys. Uh, but We apologize if any part of this podcast is dated. Hopefully not. And with that, let's launch into it. So first of all, guys, I think we should start kicking around a few of the biggest names that everybody's been talking about Um, and just sort of speculate on what we think is going to happen, whether they're going to be traded, what we think would be the best destination. So I I guess I'll I'll volunteer the biggest name right off the bat. Let's just get down to business. Mark Stone, um, next to Artemi Panarin, probably the most impactful guy anyone could get. Still entirely possible that the Senators re-sign him. It seems like he's always been far more likely than Matt Duchesne to sign. Uh, And it seems like the Winnipeg Jets have been the suture of choice that keeps being mentioned. Yeah. He's a Winnipeg boy. Um, so I guess, first of all, do you guys think that Winnipeg is the best fit for Mark Stone? And do you think Stone is going to be traded?
2: Well, Ottawa just uh, just put, put together what they've called a very serious offer, I think, to Mark Stone. Um, so he's got something to think about over the next little while. Speaking of this situation that you were just talking about, that, that might all be resolved I hope it isn't but over the next couple of days he's going to have to think about what he wants to do and where he wants to go um I I don't know why a guy would go that would take it this far and not go the distance I don't quite understand that especially if you're Mark Stone who's got great numbers and would garner all sorts of interest on July 1st like if he wouldn't Mm -hmm. be the crown jewel of unrestricted free agency he'd be very close to it um so I I don't know why you wouldn't in which case, I don't know why the senators wouldn't wouldn't trade him. Uh, I was surprised. I mean, they played last night against Chicago, and all three of those guys played: Stone, Dezingle, and 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 Duchesne. All played, which I found rather curious. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I, I think it's gonna be Stone is gonna stay, and Duchesne and Dezingle are gonna be the ones to go.
1: Yeah, that's kind of my read on the situation as well. And you be, you bring up a good point about. You know, why would Stone go this far? But I almost wonder if, you know, you look at the possibilities of that contract and the fact that, you know, for the senators, with the exception of like the Bobby Ryan deal, you have a lot of young talent on entry level deals or close to it where, you know, Mark Stone can look at that landscape and say, we're not going to be good next year. Maybe not the year after that, but maybe a couple of years out, we could be pretty potent. And right now, I can fetch that big money contract that, you know, that, you know, 10 and a half million was what was yeah. put out there um, over obviously multiple years. You know, for a guy that was far from a sure thing to be an NHLer, uh, you know, when he was a teenager, to get to this point, I think – He's looking at a really nice payday and, you know, I mean, he can leverage that in Ottawa because there have been so many missteps at the upper management level when it comes to player relations that I think Mark Stone has an opportunity to grow with this team, but also do right by himself. Right.
2: And he'll be the captain. He'll be the captain. Sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I I agree. Yeah. Duchesne, um, man, when they trade him... Unless they get a really good return, that one's going to sting. When you think about what they gave up to get him in the first place, that's going to look real nasty. It it would show evolution
0: from Pierre Dorian, though, if he's willing to put aside his pride and make the deal, even though it's going to highlight, you know, people are going to start doing the math. Well, let's see, what did you trade to get him? Yeah, But I think it's worse than you know losing him maybe for nothing or who knows, right? And I I think I'm with uh, you, Ken, that, Stone to me has always felt like a guy who's going to stay, and yeah. he's repeatedly ex- expressed how much he loved Ottawa. And I, I know this is this is just entirely like superstitious, but when I talked to Duchesne in January and asked him about the trade, like I read his eyes, and, he, <laughs> and I, I felt like. I could just feel it that he's that he didn't think he was going to be there, right? Uh, In the in the long run, you know that's
1: great analysis
2: right there.
0: That's hard
2: hitting stuff.
1: (laughs) Blink twice if Eugene Mellick's behind (laughs) me.
2: (laughs) You know what though? Too I think though that that you know I mean it behooves it almost behooves Ottawa to get Stone back under contract because in a strange way because then Mark Stone's not out there, then the market becomes that much tighter. You know, like I think one of the problems with this market. Right now, is it's a, it's a it's a it's a seller's market. I, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, it's a no, it's a buyer's market. It's a
0: buyer's market. It's a yeah. buyer's
2: market. I'm sorry, yeah, because there's so many good players that are purported to be out there right now. Yeah. So you take one of those guys out of the mix, maybe Matt Matt Duchesne and Ryan Dezingle become that much more valuable yeah, because my, Mark Stone. Yeah. So you've got Mark Stone back. You've got that corner Stone back in your lineup. I see what you did. And, there. As it did yeah, and and then and then then suddenly. Matt Duchesne and Ryan Dezingle are worth a little bit more because yeah. the market's tightened up a little bit. Fair,
0: fair. Yeah. And we may as well just keep this Senators train going and talk about the other big name involved. <laughs> Ryan Dezingle! No, just kidding. It's Matt <laughs> Duchesne. No disrespect to Ryan Dezingle. Uh Duchesne has always felt like the guy who's more likely to go. I think partially because Stone it's almost like a guy that He makes more sense as a long-term fit for Ottawa because his game is the type of game that will age well. It's not based on speed. It's Mm -hmm. based on savvy and smarts and defense. And angling. That's right. Whereas Duchesne, if Duchesne loses his speed when he gets older, then the contract, the next next deal he signs might not not look as good. So Mm -hmm. it does make sense for the Senators to trade him. Uh, the question is, where does he go? I, I would love to see... I know that it's funny. There's been so much talk of Stone going to Winnipeg, but to me, I would love to see Winnipeg replicate the trade they made for Paul Stastny last year mm. because they're in win-now yeah. mode and they, yeah. I think they could use an upgrade at the second-line center position, pushing Little down uh, into the third-line role, just like last year. Mm-hmm. It worked so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just think it, it just feels like it's not Winnipeg's year per se, but... They're still in a strong window where they have they have so many big RFAs, you know, Lion, A. Kyle Connor, to re-sign Jacob Truba in the summer, and they can take a good shot this year, and they still have that deep prospect pool to trade from. Again and again, they could they could trade, I mean, e- they could easily spare a Christian bestalline and type someone like that. Yeah. And it's barely gonna make a dent because their roster is so stacked at the NHL level. Mm. What do you guys think in terms of Duchesne destinations?
2: Uh yeah, I think I think Winnipeg makes sense. I think anywhere makes sense because everybody's sure. everybody's looking for uh, a good second-line center. Um, you know, I look at... I mean, we're going to get to this later, but I look at a team like St. Louis.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, Tyler Bozak's our second-line center right now.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, David
2: Perron's coming back. This team doesn't need anything other than depth down the middle. They've got everything other than that. Um, you know, and and like... So So you, you're talking about Duchesne here. I, the only thing I wonder about Duchesne is, is he going to become what, until recently... Ryan O'Reilly yeah. was uh-huh. was a really good player who just happens to have losing follow him everywhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 I look at, but I look at Duchesne and I look at Dezingle and like I'm thinking somebody's going to overpay for Dezingle.
1: Mm. either
2: either or both of at the trade deadline and in free agency. <laughs> and part of the reason why Ryan Dezingle looks so good is he's been playing with Matt Duchesne. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, th- I think, yeah, I think he's, I think, yeah, I think. I think we're sort of all on the same page in that sense and that Duchesne will probably be the one to go. And and if he goes to Winnipeg, I can see, you know, their first-round pick and Veselainen as, as as the as the, the, uh, the the guy's coming back. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe they even have to throw in a... Do they throw in a Jack Roslovic? Do they have to? Ooh. That's,
0: they, that's yeah. the big... That's the million-dollar question to me for Winnipeg if they're going to go for a Stoner Duchesne. Yeah. Do you have to sacrifice a, a roster... Player NHL prospect, or can
2: you do it with a Dylan Sandberg?
1: Instead? Yeah, but
2: but you can do it in Winnipeg because they're the they're the second youngest team in the league. That's wild. Like, Winnipeg is in such an enviable position. They're a Stanley Cup contender, and they're the second youngest team in the league. So I talked about this in an upcoming feature. Is they're kind of on a dual prong thing where they got where they're trying to win mm-hmm. and they're trying to develop too. Yep. Um. So I think they could like if it comes to the situation where okay, we need this guy. We're going to overpay for him. Mm. It's as simple as that. We're going to overpay for him because everybody wants him. Okay, we're going to step up, and we're going to be the ones that overpay for him. And then you say, okay, now we're set. Now we're set for a legitimate Stanley Cup run.
1: Yeah, and it sounds like Nick Patan is a player that Winnipeg would be willing to part with. Um, you know, There's high expectations based on his, his junior career with Portland, and he's yep. had some ups and downs yep. at the pro level. But again, you know, if you're a team that's rebuilding and you look at, you know, what Nick Patan has offered in the past then maybe say, okay, well, if he's part of a package, then that's pretty nice. And you you look at guys like Mason Appleton. uh, I mean, the Jets are just so good at those mid to late round picks lately. They've done a fantastic job. Um, You know, Sammy Niku. I mean, maybe they don't want to part with him because. I mean, he could be a really good blue liner at the NHL level within a year or two. He
2: would be a blue liner. He would be a regular on half the teams in
1: the league. Right yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's so. you can't get in because.
1: They got a go Winni- Because Winnipeg.
2: Yeah, because, Winnipeg. Winnipeg. because Winnipeg. That'd be a nice for Ottawa. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So you, you 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 have to ask those questions if you're Winnipeg where it's like, okay, well, if it gets us Matt Duchesne and that gets us a Stanley Cup or close to it, then. If, is that the price we have to pay? And right. I mean, Kevin Cheval has exercised some pretty good judgment in his tenure in Winnipeg, and there's going to be some tough decisions. But
2: it's now, like it's now. Oh, it's right? now. It's now, yep. okay. So, so like, what Winnipeg's sitting there? The dilemma that Winnipeg has right now is they're sitting there going, "We're going to be losing a guy who's going to go somewhere else and be a star." Yeah, you know. And we have, to, we have to be at peace with that. Yeah, like Dallas to,
0: with Jerome McGinley right, back in the exactly. day. Right, exactly. We yes. have
2: to be okay with that. So we know that Christian Veselinan or Jack Roslevic or whomever is going to be a stud at this level. But you know what? We are saying to our fan base, look, we haven't given you a ton to cheer about since you've been here. Last year was good. The year we made the playoffs and got swept in a great series against Anaheim, that was okay. But you know what? We've got our room here now. We gotta go for it. And we fully knowing that very good chance Matt Duchesne's gonna play 18 games and the playoffs here and never we'll never see his face again. <laughs> right. But you gotta take that up you gotta take that chance sometimes. Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's
2: why you do this. That's why you draft all these players. Exactly. That's why you stockpile your system.
0: Exactly. I think a lot of people forget that. The reason why you have the prospect depth is so that you can use it as an asset. Yeah, it's an yeah. asset. Right. Yeah. Uh, another guy who's probably going to attract some similar depth in a trade or maybe a pick, maybe two picks, who knows. Uh, Wayne Simmons has felt like one of the, the clear-cut rentals uh, out there as opposed to the will-they-or-won't-they UFAs, you know, Panarin, yeah. et cetera. It seems like Simmons getting dealt as a foregone conclusion. He's got that playoff-friendly game, especially when the refs put the whistles away and he's very physical, net front presence and I think can add a lot of just snarl to a team that needs it. Right. Uh, To me, Wayne Simmons, I would like to see him, I don't know if, ah, people, okay, I need to preface this. There's this myth (laughs) that no one's willing to trade with their rival or in a division. That's not true. It happens. So if you're the Philadelphia Flyers, are you willing to send Wayne Simmons to Pittsburgh? Right. And especially because if the Flyers, I mean, the Flyers are hot. That's where it becomes a little bit complicated. But if they decide they're still going to treat themselves as (laughs) unlikely to make the playoffs, then you think, oh, we're not going to have to face Wayne Simmons in the playoff series anyways. Maybe he'll sign elsewhere later. Uh, But I think he's an appealing target for Pittsburgh because the Penguins, I think, what finally helped Washington get past them, both teams had speed, but Washington had the size as well. Mm -hmm. And Tampa Bay as well. If they could find a way to make it work, I think the Lightning are a team, I don't think they have any real weakness, but Mm -hmm. they couldn't get past Washington. And I think the tiebreaker, again, was size. So I would like to see Wayne Simmons... Uh, in a lightning uniform or Penguins uniform? What about, what
2: about you guys? Well, it's interesting. I mean, what would Pittsburgh give up though? Like, what do they have? Yeah, this year's first round pick. Yeah, yeah,
0: that might be enough to me to get Wayne Simmons. Oh, that should
2: be enough. Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't been he's not killing great. Him. No, he hasn't been great yeah. this year. Yeah. And that's the thing with Philly—they're winning, but are they? Is Wayne Simmons really?
1: He's not the he's driver, he's, so that's he's, what he's does he's make us interesting. He's not driving
2: this winning streak. Right? Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, that's what makes this. And I think that's what's going to drive his value down a little bit. little bit. Mm-hmm. I think he's a guy that at the beginning of the year, like he, he'd be one of the top guys on the board right yes. now. Yeah. He's yeah. not anymore because yeah. he hasn't had a very good year. And and then you look and you go, okay, lots of miles, hard plays a hard game, getting older, and then you go, mm, yeah, huh. you know.
1: But as a rental. As a rental, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. you're okay. And, the, I mean, for me, I wonder how much of, his role in Philly has been dictated by the arrival of James Van Riemsdyk, who mm-hmm. has that similar net front presence. Totally different players in terms of physicality, but right. just in terms of tipping pucks and that sort of thing. Yeah, um, the power play. Yeah, yeah I, for me, I wonder if it's a Toronto or a Boston. You know, I mean, Boston they love yeah, they yeah. love the hard edged guys, yeah, and yeah. Simmons would certainly um, bring a nice element to that lineup. And with Toronto, they don't have anybody like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so if if you had him And
2: he's a Toronto kid.
1: And he's a Toronto guy which
2: would, he'd be juiced up to be here. Totally. He'd be totally psyched to be here. Like yeah. you Don Cherry's boys already right now. Toronto boy play right
1: now, Scarborough boy. I remember watching him play. Um yeah, but I mean if you if you think about Toronto, they could make it work in terms of, you know, assets and things like that. I mean it's it's a short term rental, you're fine with it, but it gives you Tom Wilson insurance, if it happens to come to that, and it doesn't have to be Tom Wilson. It could be somebody else. Just against the the Boston Bruins, for that matter, if you want to match toughness, Wayne Simmons is there for you, and he gives them that net front presence that they really don't have. If you look at the Leafs' power play, John Tavares is the guy in the front, and it's not that he's like throwing elbows and like digging in. It's just he's super smart and has amazing hand-eye coordination. So he'd give them a different look for a power play that, has really gone south in the second half with only a couple of nice little spurts here and there. For sure. And
0: I also wonder uh, if the market is going to hold its breath on Wayne Simmons until Michael Ferland is dealt with. Yeah. Because assuming the the Hurricanes don't decide to keep him as an in-house rental... And they want to trade him. It's almost like his skill set is a young Simmons. It's like a, a younger yeah, model. Yeah, yeah, yeah So yeah. w- he would probably cost a little bit more, but I, I wonder if teams So are then he becomes a him. plan B. Yeah, right? he's a yeah. consolation prize yeah, yeah. If, if you don't get a Michael
2: Furland. Well, f- and, I, and I think – and I'm going to go on the record here as to saying that I think if Michael Furland and or Wayne Simmons get traded, they're both – somebody's going to overpay for both of them. Mm. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: They're, it's just yeah. The, they're, It's that type of skill set people get excited about. But it's the. You know, I think people have visions of, of you know, like the Rick Tocket trade. When sure. When the got him, like the yeah, guy yeah, that brings yeah. the extra grit and yeah, yeah, heart yeah. and soul. Uh, so now let's talk about arguably the biggest name of all, uh, unless it's Mark Stone, but Artemi Panarin and the Blue Jackets. Uh, as as of the recording time of this podcast, are I believe one point up or tied for the last playoff spot in the East. They're hanging by a thread. Morale is low. They're sucking. They're Suck-ish. sucking. It's all because they're very distracted. So do you still consider the idea of Panarin as an in-house rental? Because what if you what if you do that and you miss the playoffs?
1: Ooh. And
0: and if you make the playoffs, right now, is Columbus just going to make the playoffs to end up cannon fodder to face Tampa? To, 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 mm-hmm. if, they drop them, if they're in that wild card spot, yeah, yeah, yeah. then is it worth keeping Panarin? Yeah. I feel like suddenly I've been sort of in the keep Panarin camp, but I'm wondering if it's starting to shift now. Yeah. It's like, well, can you risk that?
2: How can you how can you keep both Panarin and Bobrovsky and then either not make the playoffs or get smoked in the first round?
1: Yeah, like that
2: that would be a disaster, and that is where this looks to be going right now. Um, yeah, I, I think you've got I think you've got it you've got to cash in that chip, the yeah. Panarin, and the Panarin chip is the one to cash. I mean, as as checkered as Bobrovsky's playoff history has been, and it has been very checkered, and as kind of Suboptimal as he's played this year, I still think he's the guy that would stay. I think there's just too much. There's just too much there, you know. But I think Panarin is a guy you could move and get a very, very good package for.
1: Yeah, and I think it, you know Elliot Friedman mentioned Dallas uh, in his column, and as soon as I saw saw that, I thought to myself, Dennis Gurianoff is a player that hasn't been able to. Find himself in the Stars lineup. He's you know been shuttled down to to Texas, but he's got a lot of upside still. And I wonder if you know Columbus facing down this possibility of losing these guys for nothing or a discounted return. If you can go to a team like the Stars, who you know obviously are not the top dogs in the West by any stretch of the imagination, maybe you can get a really nice package with some high end elements like a Gurianov. And, and and say to yourself, look, you know, Panarin wouldn't play ball. We we did what we could. At least we're going to get a decent return. And whether or not we make the playoffs, um, you know, we're just going to have to deal with that.
0: Yeah. And Dallas is interesting to me because they clearly need that forward depth. I don't know if they can get enough to get over the top. But uh, with Jim Neal, it's hard to say because I think everyone loves Jim Neal. He's one of the like nicest GMs will ever talk to but I think it's pretty clear he's getting very low on leash and mm. I think I think fewer GMs are, are under more pressure to make something happen and I, as far as I know he has the green light still to get aggressive uh, so that would be an interesting kind of go for broke trade for that team mm-hmm. uh, what about Kenny I know you were talking to me about this guy earlier today before the podcast Mr. Chris
2: Kreider yeah in Manhattan yeah, year left on his contract at four and change, I yeah, think. Yeah, 4.6 of a um, So a really, really, like a, a very favorable situation and a and a, re- and a guy that I think would really be, uh, if, if he were put out there to be, you know, there, there'd be some real interest for that reason. You know, he's playing he's playing a lot better like that. He's playing with Jad and Zugarello on that top line and they've been lights out lately. They've been very, very good. Um, and I just think, you know, I mean, he's 27, he's got a year left on his deal. Um, you could keep him, but then you've got to re-sign him. And then, you know, where is he going after that? Is, is, is it, you know, I mean, has he played has he played his best hockey? He's kind of playing really well right now. I think you sort of sell high on this guy and you move him and you get, you know, that that package of prospect, pick, mm. player.
1: Yeah, see that one's a tough one for me because – He's, he's kind of right in the middle where, if you're the player, you look at the Rangers and you say, okay, well we're not going to be a Stanley Cup team for a couple of years. But again, just just like uh, Stone in Ottawa, you look at what New York is building and yeah. it's like, man, they got yeah. some nice players. Uh, you know, a lot of high end picks coming up in the draft. If Tampa wins the cup, it gets even better. Um, you know, a second rounder turns into a first. And you're not that old. It's a really tough situation because, you know, being as athletic as he is. Yeah, and fast. Yeah, I wonder, like, could he be a leader on that team as they transition? I I don't envy the position of anybody involved because I don't think there is a right answer in that scenario.
0: Yeah, it's tough. I've been saying for a while uh, I feel like Chris Kreider is a test for Jeff Gordon because mm-hmm. to me it's tempting to keep him uh, playing the best hockey of his career, uh, but at the same time... The price uh, to me, he's a Simmons or Furland rental, but on steroids. He's not a rental, yeah. But he's got that power forward game, but also with more skill, I believe, than either of those guys. Uh, and to me, the Rangers, it's like if they're really doing a scorched earth rebuild. By the time they get good again, Kreider might be nearing the end of his prime, and at that point, he'll be signed to a long, long-term deal, maybe six, seven million a year. Yeah. I wonder if the Rangers are better off trading Kreider this year for so two playoff runs, right? Two, exactly, and getting mm, the, the moon for him. You, and right? That's the key.
2: That's, nice return. And to me, that's the key right there. Is if you're trading for Chris Kreider at this deadline, you have him for two playoff runs.
1: Yeah. Exactly. You don't
2: just have him for one; you have him for two. And I mean, quite frankly, I mean, you also have him so that you can start negotiating with him on July first to, yep. to, for an extension, right? Exactly. So, um, yeah. No, I think, I think if, yeah, I mean, it is. It's a vexing situation
1: mm. because
2: I, I mean I think what the Rangers have to decide is what's our future with Chris Kreider yeah and and if we do see a long-term future and the scenario that you mapped out um, Ryan then yes I do see a situation where he stays but if they've decided look uh, you know we're not going to be good enough for the next couple of years and by the time we're good enough he's probably going to be into his declining years than you deal now because a team is going to pay a lot more for Chris Kreider knowing them ha- they have him for two playoff runs rather than just one. Fair. True. Uh,
0: another name that, that Ken, you volunteered for our little trade list today, uh, an interesting name because he's a big-time prospect, or at least a year ago he was seen in that light. It's changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eli Tovanen, National Predators, their top prospect at forward, a guy who Ryan – you, would, you would sort of foreshadowed that it was going to be a tough transition for him to the North American game it has been but we know there's a lot of upside there mm-hmm. smashed Kuznetsov's record records in the KHL he was great at the Olympics etc cetera, etc cetera. so what are you thinking Kenny what's your reasoning for for wanting him on our little trade list today?
2: well well because I think that I think that because he's gonna be the guy that goes back for one of these big names yep. yeah you know what I mean so I do a Panera and a, you know one of those guys, uh, you know, if I'm if I'm Columbus and I'm dealing with Nashville for Artemi Panarin, then it's like, yeah, okay, this I'm not I'm not settling for less than this guy. If I'm Ottawa and I'm talking to, to Nashville about my guys, it's like, yeah, th- this is the guy we want. Um, it's almost like having another first round pick this year, right? You know, yep. I mean, you're sort of starting <clears throat> with that. Um, so th- that's why he to me is is an interesting guy because I think he's going to be one of those guys that. Anybody who talks to – anybody Nashville <coughs> talks to about getting one of these big-ticket guys, it's going to be, okay. So the discussion starts with Tolvanen. Right. It starts with Tolvanen, and it, and it goes from there. It doesn't end with Tolvanen. It starts with him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, you look at his first season in North America, four games of the Preds. Most of it has been spent in the AHL with Milwaukee, 19 points in 37 games, which is like – Decent. It's yeah. not like blowing the doors no, off. No. I thought at the World Juniors, he really only got good when he went on that line with Capo Caco and Anton Lundell. I thought they really brought something out in him. Um, and ironically, he was a playmaker, not a finisher. Right. Usually, right. he's he's the guy with the awesome release. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's the guy like with the kept Brett Holeshot. shot. waiting
2: and waiting in that tournament.
1: Like, yeah. when's this
2: guy going to start showing something? Yeah, and waiting and waiting and waiting.
1: Yeah, and he made the crucial play against Canada yeah. in yeah. the quarterfinal. Yeah. Um, but you're right. It took a while. And I think the upside is still there because of the shot. Um, but it's an interesting situation because if a team's acquiring him, they might just send him to their AHL affiliates. Or, you know, they'll probably give him a tryout. I mean, if you're a rebuilding team, you yeah, might be he, he like, can, hey, he let's can see play. what you do. Yeah, get.
2: sure. See what you can do for the last 20 <clears throat>
1: games yeah. But is he going to be a top six guy right away next year? I don't know if you can say that unequivocally right now. I think there's still a ton of potential there, and he's learning the game. He's learning to play more of an all-around game, but that's the challenge. That's the, the risk in acquiring him is can he be that sniper that gets you 30 in the NHL?
2: Right, so. Will he
1: be that guy? So, And
2: this will also be the gut check for David Poyle, too, right? Oh, yes. You know, like it's like, okay, so um, does he just say, I want your guy, but you can't touch this guy? You can't touch Tolvanen? Mm. Or does Tolvanen become what Philip Forsberg was for him Ooh, way right. back, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. The guy that you deal away for a guy that doesn't do much right Just, for just not
0: for Martin <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, yeah, Maybe for Chris Kreider. Huh? Yeah, huh?
2: Huh? Yeah, yeah, am I right? Am I
0: right? Am I right? But <laughs> it's funny. I've said this about Nashville for the last few weeks that I think more so than the Jets... I think the Nashville Predators should be behaving with urgency because they they have to realize the Jets ain't going nowhere. The Jets are going to be dominant for years to come. And Nashville, it's not like Nashville's an old team per se, but I think their core is at least in prime years. And they have some pieces that are getting old, like Pecorine is into his mid-30s. And and that D core, they're creeping up toward the late 20s. So I I feel like this team is in a win-now window.
2: They're playing like they're uh, bored. Right yeah, man. I like think they—they're they, like, they're, they're playing like, oh god,
0: <laughs> man. When's this season gonna end? Because right. I think they you know? just because they're anxious to yeah, find yeah. And get another shot, right? Yeah, Having yeah. won the Presidents' Trophy last yeah. year. So to me, even though Tolvanen would be a big sacrifice, like if I'm David Poyle, I'm going for Mark Stone. I'm going for the for Panera and the biggest fish possible, mm-hmm. dangling, whatever yeah, it takes. Yeah. yeah. Even though it yeah. could be a rental, yeah. but may, you not know. Maybe you can resign whoever you get. We'll see. Uh, going back to the Rangers, Ryan, Kevin Hayes is a guy that was on your list. Uh, and he's more – to me, it's less complicated than Chris Kreider because Hayes, even though there's talk of maybe resigning him, he's a pending UFA. If you get to the deadline, you want to cash in that chip. Exactly. So what are you thinking, Ryan, in terms of where you see him going?
1: Well, I mean this one, it, it felt telegraphed as soon as he – Resign that one-year contract at the beginning of the season was like, yeah, we're gonna see other people, uh-huh. <laughs> um, which is fine. We're again, have an open <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, because again, you have a player in his late twenties, great size, gives you some versatility in the lineup. Um, I look at Kevin Hayes right now as the type of guy that you know, if Winnipeg doesn't hit on their top guy. Kevin Hayes is a very nice fallback, uh-huh. you know, because of yeah, the, yeah, the freedom he yeah, gives yeah. you with being a UFA, if it doesn't work out, you know, everybody goes on their merry way, and that's fine. Um, I wonder about Columbus, too. Hmm. You know, you, you think about them down the middle, um, I wonder if that's the type of player where, again, you know, the Blue Jackets, so much is in flux there, but if they wanted to be like a buyer and a seller,
2: yeah.
1: um, you know, Kevin Hayes is the type of player that obviously would uh, you know help out in the short term and again it's a test run maybe he's the type of guy that they they want to see in their lineup I mean the Blue Jackets are a pretty big team um, I, I think Kevin Hayes has a lot to offer and he's not going to be the type of player that's going to cost you a huge package it's going to be kind of a mid-size return yeah and I think that's yeah. okay
2: I, I you know and I, again I'm kind of going to screw up Reg Lansbury's question here about the Blues, but I think I see the Blues <clears throat> as a good fit too. Oh for sure, uh, yeah. yeah, like a two C for them, a guy who pushes Bozak down to the third. Look and at Kevin Delingo, two Sun, C, Sunquist, two then, C. then Sunquist down to the fourth, and yeah, so so I, I I see that as a really good fit. And again, as you say, Ryan, it wouldn't be you know you're not paying a king's ransom for, for this guy. It's the this is typical Kevin Hayes for a second round pick. Right? Yeah.
0: yeah. Right. I think, and I think maybe he would cost and maybe more. a pro,
2: maybe a maybe a mid-level prospect. He's had a yeah, good
0: year. He's and I, he, he's got speed and size. Yeah. I think he, I think Kevin Hayes might cost a first, personally. Really?
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The okay. like,
0: guy would pay more for Kevin Hayes than Wayne Simmons, for example. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I wonder if Boston might be a good spot for Kevin Hayes. I remember hearing that before reports out of Boston That'd that he was awesome. on their list. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah, he uh, awesome. But. That's a team I think that's been hurting for forward depth for almost years really because they've been – there's always those accusations of being a top-heavy team. And even though I think Boston needs help on the wings more than at center, in today's day and age, it's like if you just add talent to your top nine, wherever the talent goes, it it adds that depth to your forward. You can figure it out. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, What about Dougie Hamilton in Carolina? Someone who we've talked about him on this podcast before, Mr. Museum, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> uh, Mr. And, Museum. And Carolina is interesting because they make so much sense for a trade, whether it's at the deadline or the draft, because they have that surplus, especially on the right side.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so whether it's
0: Hamilton or Justin Falk or Brett Pesci, it seems like there's a decent, decent chance that one of those guys gets involved. <laughs> Do you De- Pesci a Pesci get chance. Pesci gets traded? And to you, Hamilton guys. Uh, but with all of them still under contract, <laughs> with, with term left, it doesn't have to happen at the deadline. Still, if you're the team buying, you right. might want to just go get a Dougie Hamilton. So do you think a Dougie Hamilton deal could
1: happen? I certainly think it could. And, yeah. and again, this is not a case of Carolina wanting to get rid of Dougie Hamilton. He's been a very effective player for them. But as you said, they have that surplus of right-handed D, which I feel like we need to do a deep dive on like why there aren't that many right-handed D in the world, yeah, it's yeah. like it's always a thing. Yeah, it's God, it's
2: damn. the biggest, it's the most sought after commodity in hockey.
1: You'd think like ten years ago, parents would have been like, "You're shooting right, Johnny." Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. care. Yeah, but I don't like it. Yeah. I don't yeah. care. Too bad. It's just right. Yeah. I, I
0: did the math a couple of years ago for something, and it was like 64 percent left, 36 right. Like I assume yeah. it hasn't changed that much. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: So whatever reason it is, uh, you know, Carolina has a surplus and. I, you know, this is the type of guy that I think you can make a real hockey trade with yeah. at the deadline. Yeah. Um, you know, Carolina is surging, no pun intended. Um, and, you know, they want to be in the mix. It's been a long time since they've made the playoffs. So I think if they saw a deal where they could strengthen themselves elsewhere and spare Hamilton, then I think, I think they do it. Yeah,
2: I think that's one where you don't want just futures.
1: No, you need. You don't presence. want just
2: futures. You want something. You yeah. want something that makes you better now. Yes. So, like, do you package like a Dougie Hamilton and Michael Furland for? Something that makes you, you know, for something really big.
1: And William strong. Nylander.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Dun, dun, dun. Well, okay. There's a question coming later. From- Whoa! Oh. <laughs> oh, my God! Oh. My head just exploded. That's a good one. That means yeah. a good trade. Yeah, yeah. I, and I do think, uh in this case, the Leafs for the team I would mention is the best fit for Dougie Hamilton. He's exactly what they're
2: looking for. <laughs> He's, He's exactly what they're looking for. And like they could have had
1: him, and they
2: didn't get him. <laughs> they could have had him with that oh, pick yes. a long yeah. time ago.
1: <laughs>
0: But I think... If the only thing is, you probably do have to sacrifice a Casper cabinet or Andreas Janssen or I don't know. Well, William Nealander, theoretically, yes. I don't know whether that's something that Kyle Dubas is willing to
2: do. Now we're going to get to that later. Well, though. they'd have they'd have to to make it to make the money work. Yeah, they'd true. Have yeah, that's to make the point. money work. Although, it wouldn't be a matter of sacrificing because you don't want them or you want them. It's a matter the, of make money work next year. Yeah, this year yeah, they're yeah, fine. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: That's fair though. Okay. Uh, last on our trade board, uh, Jacob Silverberg, Mister Playoff. Not missed a regular season ever, but he's been consistently good in the
1: playoffs. West Coast Jay yeah, Gunsell.
0: That's right. Yeah, exactly. Silverberg's Green points Gunsel. per game usually skyrocket in the playoffs. Uh The question is, do you that's think that's not going
2: to happen this year?
0: Well, but is uh, yeah. he getting be rental? Yeah, right. yeah. yeah, yeah. Bob, has expressed, Bob has expressed interest in re-signing him.
1: If I'm Bob Murray, though, I think you team get they're a budget team. Like,
2: they, yeah, they're a budget team too. Yeah. Like, I don't know that they can do it. I, I just I don't know if they can afford him.
1: Well, and you know, you look at Anaheim's situation, and again, this is a team where if you look at Silverberg in his late twenties, I mean if he's looking at the landscape in Anaheim, I don't think there's a lot of hope there in the short term. You know, they still have all those old guys on contracts. Yeah. And I mean they have some yeah. some decent youth coming up, yeah. And I mean hypothetically they could win the Jack Hughes sweepstakes. So that would yeah. certainly help. That would help a lot. But if I'm Silverberg I look at the situation and say, you know, I want to be winning, and I'm a good player. Uh, he's got a great two way game, yeah. as you said, Matt. Um, he can bring that offense in the postseason, and you know there should be a lot of and if, buyers in Anaheim. They got they got to listen to those deals. Well, again,
2: if you're Anaheim, what like so you're gonna sign another? Older guy to a long term deal, yeah, just to hang on to him and keep him, yeah, like that's not working right now, guys. Not working, and he's he's just a
0: he kind of hums long 20 goal, 40 point kind of pace regular season, typically. Uh,
2: And you're really not a playoff team and you're not going to be one for a while, doesn't help if he's only good in the playoffs, exactly. You want to pay for the playoff production, exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, to me, I think one of the lower end shopping teams, like Dallas, (laughs) might be a team that could. If they're not gonna, if they don't have the assets to chase the big fish, even Mm. though, like we said, we'd love to see Panera be a cool fit for for Dallas's sake, but I don't think Dallas is like swimming in assets compared to what a team like the Jets can offer people. Right. Right. So that looks like the type of team to me that could go for a Silverberg, Mm. just sort of a you know depth addition if you're looking for more scoring on the wings. Um, We're going to get to some reader questions now, and we're going to start off with. Maybe our most dedicated reader, my dad. And I know, I know this, is, this is nepotism, but he asks questions often, and I don't let many of them slip through. But we're, I feel like a lot of people have asked questions about William Newlander anyways. So he's going to represent the group.
2: Okay. So okay? like when you go to when you go for dinner at your dad's mom's place, like you walk in the door and he just starts firing questions at you, and it does it annoy the hell? No, of that's you. more
0: father-in-law.
2: My oh, dad. Really? My yeah. dad is more of a
0: new age fan. Like my dad would bring up Corsi and stuff. But my father-in-law would be like, the Leafs got to get Roman Polak back.
2: No. Yes. And then I'll, I'll, I'll
0: have to explain to my father-in-law, like, you "No, know, why Jake Gardner is better than Nikita Zaitsev. Right? So he's – I'd say my father-in-law. Okay. Cool story, bro. Yeah. So anyways. Hi, Dad. Uh, dad, My dad asks, should the Leafs consider trading William Nylander for another D, possibly freeing up cap room to sign Marner, Kapanen, and Andres Janssen? It's a it's a very interesting question to me. If it comes into play, Dad, uh, <laughs> it would be in the summer because Kyle Dubas has made his promise, and it doesn't mean that his word is stronger than oak, and he's never going to break this promise to not trade Neilander. But I think he's going to have to at least give that core one playoff mm. together. So I don't think that I don't think a Neilander trade would ever happen this year, yeah, unless the Leafs bomb out in round one, get crushed by will. Boston, which they will, which they will, then yeah, then you
2: reevaluate. Yeah, do you guys agree? I agree. First thing I want to say though is that. Uh, obviously the apple did not fall far from the tree in terms of spelling he misspelled both Kapanen <laughs> and Yo- and Janssen, Dad! and you've inherited that so, <laughs> no, my dad's a professional writer though what a family love this my dad does this my dad <laughs> does this. <laughs> My dad could be there. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, no, I, 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 think this is one that you do after this playoff, and I said it in our first podcast after they signed John Tavares, and I'm maintaining it. The Leafs are going to get, suffer a gut punch in round one of the playoffs this year, and then they're going to have to decide what they want to be and how they want to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is this is a perfect example of that.
1: Have they not had two gut punches? In a row. No,
2: but this is going to be a real gut. I think uh, last year was this, a gut this one's going to be a real, like this one's going to be a real, you know, kick to the nuts.
0: Right like in the this, Yeah,
2: yeah. Like this one's going to oh, really yeah. hurt. Yeah
0: this, yeah. this 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 one could be like a fan base starts to turn on your type of loss.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Wow. If, if it happens.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, I I would just reiterate, uh, you know, my Dougie Hamilton theory on that one. If you can get Dougie for a Nylander, maybe you do that. Uh, mm-hmm. To shore up your decor, become even more mobile and two-way on the back end, and uh, and then maybe make a you know maybe make a run. Who knows? And you save some money on that
0: yeah. cap wise as well, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Next yeah. question is from Pete Fuertes. Fortes, sorry, I was just practicing my pronunciation. Uh, <laughs> it's but, actually Fuortes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what are you talking, about? I'm Pete forts Jeez. <laughs> uh, who stays and goes for the LA Kings at the deadline? Who will be dealt on draft day, and is Artemi Panarin really a legitimate candidate to join the crown? Lots of lots going on here, Pete. Mm. Uh, and he it, said, "Thank you." Question thank you. mark. <laughs> I think maybe we'll put the draft day talk aside because we're focusing right. on the trade deadline. Right. Um, and I think if Panarin is going to join the crown, it'll be as a free agent. Not, Absolutely. Yeah, not as not as a deadline trade. So yeah, yeah. Let's, let's knock down that pick as well. Yeah, yeah. And what we have left is the question <laughs> of who stays, and who goes for the Kings at the deadline. Jake Muzzin's already gone. Does Alec Martinez become the next casualty? Same contract mm-hmm. as Muzzin, couple yeah. of years left, four yeah. million dollars. Yeah, uh, I feel like any team would want
2: Muzzin as like that depth rental because of his experience. You mean Martinez or Muzzin? Oh, did I say Muzzin? You said yeah, no. Martinez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Martinez. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, Scored a Stanley Cup winning goal. Too. He did. Yes, he did. Um, yeah, I, I. But those are all reasons to keep him too, don't you think? I I don't keep, know, uh, I, but I think if it's like he—he's at his peak or, or already past it. If you're, the, yeah. I, I think the Kings are so far away from. Yeah, I think it, I think the kings would might be, be the furthest away. Desperately, desperately love to get rid of Jeff Carter. Yes, yeah. and and they're gonna have to they're gonna have to take in the shorts when they do that too. Fifty <laughs> percent. Yeah, of the they're salary. gonna have to take. They're gonna have to take <laughs> salary, Dang and
1: then. they're not.
2: And they they're not getting. Like what you get back for Jeff Carter is not Jeff Carter not having to pay Jeff yeah. Carter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. I'm wondering too. They're in hell. Yeah. The Kings are
2: in hell. They're yeah. in hell.
1: But they got their rings, so it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 It was all worth it. I mean, they made their deal dealing with the devil. Yeah, That's
2: exactly absolutely.
1: Yeah, and uh for me I wonder if Ilya Kovalchuk moves. If you can find the proper market, maybe the Islanders where Lou Lamarello is the GM. Oh, man. I'd be intrigued by that because obviously things have not worked out there.
2: Uh, do you want Ilya Kovalchuk at this stage? I think Boston years, Boston
1: it? might. They they they've been so
0: desperate. It's <coughs> going on the wings, but again, it's two same more as years. You so. got and you can only retain salary on two players uh, at right. a time on a for mm-hmm. your franchise, right? So right. I don't remember if the Kings. Are, I don't think they're retaining salary salary on anybody else. No, but if you dealt Carter and Kovalchuk, you'd probably have to fill up your salary retention board, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which kind of hamstrings you for later.
1: Yeah, and I'll say, I mean. I see what you're saying about having him for another two years. But, I mean, hypothetically, you can trade him again later. So, it might only be a year, a year and a half more.
0: Maybe. Okay. Fair enough. Next question is from Reg Lansbury. And Reg says, if the Blues decide to be buyers, even with this 10-game winning streak, what could they use the most to make a serious playoff run? And You hit the nail on the head earlier, Ken. That's That depth at center, for sure. number 2C.
2: That's what they need. Mm. Absolutely. They don't need anything else. Um, You know, I mean... Maybe you could say they need some depth and goal. I mean, you know, I mean, because Jake Allen just doesn't seem to be...
1: It's I mean, all they, Jordan Biddington right now. Let, they
2: haven't given up a goal. Like, they play... I mean, you're going to be hearing this after they play Toronto on Tuesday, but they haven't given up a goal in three games. Wow. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure they haven't given up a goal in three games. And, and so, you know, I mean, they are set everywhere except for depth at center. So I think that's what they would be looking for. I think, I, I think depth at center, and really, I think just...
0: A high-end forward, even if it turned out to, to be a, a Panarin or they're something. They're getting like one.
2: That. They're getting one, and David Perron.
0: Yeah, I guess the yeah right now one. he's providing that. that yeah, them, well yeah. he's
2: and he's coming back. Right? Tarasenko's I mean, back in the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah,
0: per- Perron comes back yeah. as well for sure. Yeah, uh, but I, I still think the Blues as a whole, they're a team that could use another like star power, star power to yeah. score. Right, right. So I think okay. that would be the fit. So whether it's a Duchesne or whether you know it, it was a Panarin or someone like that, what, do you think the same, Ryan? Would you say? Yeah,
1: I, I, the goaltending thing is vexing as well. I agree about the center, but I mean, right now you're riding Jordan Bennington, which is awesome. It's a great story, um, but if you're serious about a run, do you try to upgrade on the fly? And it's tough because you don't want to you don't want to turn to your team and be like, "Yes, yeah, it's probably a mirage." With Jordan Bennington, you want to have confidence in the kick. But if you're serious and you look at, you know, I mean, the West is not wide open. Winnipeg and Nashville are at the yeah. top. You yeah. got Calgary there. Although I've mentioned their goaltending many times on this podcast. But Which has
2: been good lately.
0: No, Mike no. Smith. Well, Mike me yeah, up on Mike Smith. Yeah, 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 Mike yeah, Mike's not, Smith. Not, not, yeah. Yeah.
2: I'm going to throw a name out. I'm going to throw a name out. Anders Nilsson. Hmm. In Ottawa. As for a backup? Yeah. For, for Even for our number three. Yeah. Just as insurance.
0: Yeah, I think that would be um, smart. You know,
2: he's a guy that, like, they had, they last week, I think he stopped, like, 99 of 100 shots in two games. Like, he wow. was lights out. Um, You know, so maybe there's a guy that you get for literally next to nothing. Yeah. yeah. Right? And he's just a guy that you kind of squirrel away, and if you get into trouble, you go, okay, well, here we are, here we go, you know, I mean, here we are, let's see what you can do kind of thing. Right? You're tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're big. What the can puck. you do for
0: us? Yes. Uh, with Bennington, it's weird. I, of course, he's not going to stay this hot. But the thing with Bennington, it's not <clears> like <throat> he was a D grade prospect. He was a B grade prospect. Mm-hmm. He wasn't elite, but yeah. he was like the fact that we've all known who Jordan Bennington is for five, six years. Like we knew yeah. who he was coming up, right? Like yeah. he's not, he wasn't. The Blues had a lot of depth at uh, goaltending, uh, goaltending depth coming out of their system for a long time when they had mm-hmm. you know Ben Bishop back in the day, and they still had yeah, yeah. the Huso and yeah, lots yeah. of different guys. Jake Allen, of course, but um, he kind of got lost in the shuffle. But he was always a pretty decent prospect. So I'm not that. I don't think it's it's incomprehensible
2: that he's gonna it's not, emerge I
0: mean, as a legitimate NHL. Yeah, no, because
2: it takes it takes goalies that amount of time, anyways. And yeah. and now it's almost like when you draft a goalie, it's like, yeah, when he gets good, he'll be playing for somebody else, probably. Yeah, you know. I mean, it takes like usually it takes five years and two or three organizations for them to. <laughs> You know, not not the top end ones, but kind right. of the guys that find their way. You know? The
1: non-Carter hearts. Yeah, exactly. So it's like yeah. pitching
0: prospects in baseball. Prospects are basically used as trading tools.
2: Yeah, right. Like yeah. they're included in
0: blockbuster yeah. trades for mm-hmm. stars. Um, last question, Christina Woods for the win. Christina busts out. Technically, this question is about a trade, and it involves hockey, so right. we're going to allow it. Yeah. And Christina asks, "Why did I trade my Bobby Orr rookie card for a bicycle?" Poor Christina.
2: No, not poor Christina. Was it a way speed? to go, Christina? You did it because that's what kids do. Ah, <laughs> because that's what kids ah, do. Christina got a bicycle. Yeah. Okay, she got a bicycle. She probably got years of use out of this bicycle. She enjoyed the bicycle. She had great childhood memories because of this bicycle that she traded for a Bobby or a rookie card. Good on you, Christine. That's what kids do. That's what kids should do. If everybody had kept their Bobby or rookie cards, they wouldn't be worth anything. I'm going to go against Christina on this one. Not a chance.
0: Where's your sense of whimsy, Christina? You should be thinking of that card. It's priceless. It's a magic item. If you're a kid, if you have something you love, it doesn't matter what you get offered for it. You keep it because you love it. Mm-hmm.
2: Maybe she was a Canadian fan and she hated Bobby Orr. Uh, I don't know. If it was me, I would have been like, no, it's far too valuable. I'm not going to trade it.
1: <laughs> that, that, you that, would have said it in that voice too. That was my that voice. Right? My voice was yeah, as yeah. high as a dog whistle.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> <About that age. laughs>
1: I mean, I remember when I was a kid trading hockey cards and at one point there was the Eric Lindros upper deck card where they had to Photoshop his head (laughs) onto somebody else's body because he hadn't actually played yet. And like other kids were like, "Ha ha! That card's gonna be worth so much because they weren't supposed to make it." And blah blah blah. It's like I ended up seeing that card a million times later. It did. It, it was not a rare card. You know what they used
2: to do when I was a kid? Like you don't even. You guys don't. We had it was OPG and that was it. That was nice. the card you got. And they would just they would just go stamp on it, traded it to whatever. Right. In right. his old uniform, and there was one guy. He looked like Mr. Potato Head in his car because it clearly like just stuck his head on somebody else's body. I don't know who it was. But uh, yeah, I remember I remember doing that when I was a kid yeah. all the time. But like to me, it's like, man, that's because that's part of being a kid trading a Bobby mm-hmm. Orr card for a bicycle. Like so what? you'd have what? Eight hundred bucks. What, what what did you get? What, what, what would you get for a Bobby Orr rookie card now? I don't know a thousand dollars
1: nobody Who collects cares? cards she could have bought a lot of
2: bikes she could have bought, bike. bike bought bikes for her kids she could have bought bikes for her kids probably yeah. she probably rode that bike all over the place and experienced all kinds of great things because of that bike I'm all I'm with you Christine good for you good on you there you go that bike is your Martin Rat, Christine
0: I gotta end on that mic drop <laughs> thanks for listening everybody enjoy the trade deadline and apologies again if and when the material in this podcast becomes very dated Bye-bye.